0: This is Card Games TV, one podcast, episode 15. Um, I'm gonna talk about a couple different things, you know, card games, um, not being expensive, you know, evolving as a player, you know, how meta, the meta doesn't matter, um, you know, things of that nature. So that's just some of the stuff, you know, th- things about netdecking things that I noticed, and you know, I'll just add on to the topics. Um, as we go, right off the bat, you know, card games aren't expensive. Like, I hate, uh, I see that a lot. Like people complain about a card game, like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example. Oh, also want to point out that this podcast is not just about Dragon Ball Super, but mainly I've just been making videos about Dragon Ball uh, podcast about Dragon Ball Super. I'm supposed to be talking about all the different types of card games. So what I'm talking about in this podcast, you know, applies to other card games as well. But since car, uh, Dragon Ball Super is the the card game that I'm playing at the current moment, um, and making, and making, you know, making decks for it. Right. Um, it makes sense that I mainly will be talking about Dragon Ball Super in my podcast. So the main thing, like I say, is that I see this in all the card games. You know, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, all that stuff. People complaining about the game being expensive, and it's like, no, it's not. Commons are cheap. They're not expensive. you can build decks with commons you can play and win with with commons you can top an event with commons and it all stems from you being good at the game not every great card in the in any card game is only shiny cards ah damn it i gotta pause all right doing a podcast at work uh crazy all right what was i saying um aren't expensive you can play cheap cards. you know you should always look for budget options you know stuff like uh, pre-built decks like starter decks and structure decks and stuff like that um, are you know are nice um, sometimes you can uh, buy like cores or pre-built like decks that you know people like built them um, and they're selling their decks. You can get them for a lot cheaper than if you were to like go try to get the cards yourselves. But in general, it's like you should be trying to play cards that are generic. That way, no matter no matter you know the format and whatever the meta change, all that stuff happens, you can always transfer your cards over, right? You can. Like, you want your staples, right? Cards you will always use, as well as you want cards that you see. That have potential to be useful um, when the time you know when the time is right, right? These are cards that you know I classify as like, competitive cards, you know, or future uh, staples. Cards that is like, hmm, this car is good in in theory, like on paper, it sounds good, but it's like it's no, it's not useful right now. Like for example, I use Yu-Gi-Oh. For example, there was a time where uh, there was a card called uh, Vanny's Emptiness that wasn't that great of a card. Um, because it had a, you know, it had a, it had, well, one, it prevents both players from special summoning, and then the second thing was, it, if one of your cards goes from the field to the graveyard, then it, it also goes to the graveyard, so it, so it didn't stick on the field too long, right? But after a while, some players realized that if you put something really, like a really good strong monster on the field, right, and then use that card to prevent your opponent from playing something stronger, right? That will give you an advantage, even if it's just for one turn. That one turn matters. So those small little details, just being able to get one extra turn, slowing your opponent down one, one turn, matters. And, and it's all about you taking advantage of that. You know that that situation. So that's why it's like instead of if you don't have a lot of money to play meta or play the best deck in the game type of thing, then. Put your money towards buying stuff that beats the best things, right? It's but be- I rather play anti-meta than play meta because meta is more expensive. Anti-meta is cheaper, so why not play anti-meta, which beats meta? That's why it's called anti-meta. It's like it's, it's you're literally using stuff against what's popular, what's you know what everyone uses. If everyone's using the same thing, then they have the same weaknesses, which means whatever you have will work on each and every one of those decks so that's why I prefer to create things in decks that aren't meta right but ironically they become meta over time but aren't meta I try to create stuff that wins the game not you know do something cool and fancy just for the sake of doing something cool and fancy right like oh this is some cool combo I created and there's some cool stuff but it's like yeah but that's not but it's not necessary when there's much easier simpler straightforward Ways of doing things now. I can do stuff just for the sake of it. What I'm saying is that you know, a lot of these meta decks that tend to be very popular because they do stuff different, like they just do stuff different for the sake of doing things different. And you know, people like that. Like, oh, this is uh, this deck is cool because it has this cool way of playing. Like, yeah, it's cool in the sense that it's different than, than other stuff you see, but if its end goal is to try to do a certain amount of damage in order to win there's way easier cheaper methods to do that right like all you, like that looks nice but that's the point it just looks nice right it's it's kind of like a lamborghini versus a regular car it's like yeah lamborghini looks awesome and it's expensive but it does the same thing any other car does gets you from point A to point B. So I'd rather <laughs> use whatever gets gets me the end result, which is I'm trying to get from point A to point B. That matters more to me than you know, how the vehicle looks or the price tag. Right to a certain degree the price tag matters as in I'd rather pay less than to pay more. Right? So I'll rather pay less and get the same results of something that costs more. Which is what where reprints come in, right? You read it's so many people are so in a hurry to, to play something that everyone else is playing or just because it's new they want it and then they end up having to pay that, oh, it's brand new price or it's very popular price, right? Okay, that's another thing. The game itself is not expensive. Let me give you the rundown. It doesn't cost a lot of money for the, the card game company to create the cards. It's very cheap, dirt cheap for them to make the cards. Then when they sell it, they sell it through packs, through booster boxes, in cases, right? Those are also not not expensive. Let's say it's 4 to $5 a pack. That's not expensive. $100, $200, $300 for a single card, that's expensive. But you know what What? What causes that price? Not, not the company that created the cards. Not the booster pack you pay $5 for that creates that. No. It's the secondary market. It's people who have access to the card and other people want it, so then they put a big price tag on it, You know, supply and demand. Secondary market is expensive, not the game, not the first market. The first market is buying booster packs, buying booster boxes. For dollars you can buy a whole entire booster box and get everything that comes in there so if there's a high high rarity card in there you're, you're guaranteed to get it because you pay the hunter for it, right the only reason why a card like hat maybe hatchet will be you know between three to six hundred dollars for the for the card is because of the supply and demand there's very few copies of it in existence right and ninety nine percent of the player base well let me, let me cut it down. I'll say 70% of the player base that likes playing blue wants the card. Because if you're playing green, it's pointless. If you're playing red, it's pointless, right? So if you're a yellow player, it's pointless. You, you want to sell them, right? So you get my point. It's like, it's only expensive because of the secondary market. Because players are like, okay, I got the card and I'm not going to give it up unless I get you know, a good price for it. And that's where the high price comes from. Buying singles is expensive. Not buying packs and starter decks, you know, and booster boxes. That's not expensive. That's cheap. So don't want to spend too much time talking, you know, about, you know, the games aren't expensive. It just point out the fact that, like they're they're not expensive. Net decking is expensive because usually, somebody who, who likes, you know, the really good cards, right? The really expensive cards, as it were well they'll spend a lot of money getting those very expensive cards and then they'll build the deck alright that's what they wanted to do and they might even want to bling it out and you know buy shiny versions of cards that they don't didn't have to buy shiny versions of, of the card they could have got the non-shiny versions right they could have got the non-foil but they want all the, their cards to be foiled so they forked over more money for that alright fine they could do whatever they want with their money and just like you can do whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. What I'm saying is, is don't be saying oh the game is expensive. No it's not. The players make the game expensive. The secondary market makes the game expensive. So if you net deck, a deck that is worth over a thousand dollars to build in real life the way it was in the in the video you watched that's what's expensive. Not the actual game itself. You can spend 30, 40 bucks and play the game just fine. Do really good just fine. You could beat these expensive decks if you know how to play the game because I've said it many times before in my other podcasts and videos, the first four damage is the easiest. Not first four damage is the easiest because I got I to gotta sell Xeno or some bullshit. Like, no. First four damage is easy to, to do because you start off with a leader. So every turn you swing with the leader, you have a high chance of dealing at least one damage per turn with the leader. So the first four damage is the easiest and usually it's because your opponent lets you, because your opponent is not trying to twist a negate or a block or a super combo in the first couple of turns of the game. They wanna save into late game, which is why the first four damage is the easiest. So you don't have to have expensive deck to at least do the first four damage. Then after that requires a little effort, right? You gotta try to get a double strike, you know, through your opponent's defenses because once they have three or more energy they can start playing you know two drops one drops right and most negates right and blockers tend to be one cost right cheap so once they have more than two energies they can start you know uh you know playing stuff but also still keep their defenses up and that's what they're going to want to do is keep at least one or two energy up for their negates and then play something to attack you with like unis two drop unison right for example their leader is going to swing obviously so they're going they're going to try to do two to three swings a turn eventually they're going to go leader unison and a battle card swing right and try to go even beyond that but always try to keep their defenses though you know for when you attack back which is going to happen you're going to attack back so that's why the first first two turns is the most important turns to deal the most amount of damage i literally got a, a video recently a gameplay of me you know my opponent went first i went second and immediately you know i attacked with my leader they negated my leader's attack but then afterwards i proceeded to do uh six damage played a whole bunch of cards most of it free and brought my opponent down to two turn one my opponent's down to two life i had seven because you know my leader effect i was playing go I'll go home burn um but the point was is that I'm at seven life on turn on my first turn. My opponent's at two life on my first turn. So think about that. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I can do. And again, not expensive. These are cheap, budget cars. A lot of these cars are, you know, are are common or uncommon, right? They're not foil. They're not ultimates or super rare, or secret rare, or ultra rare, or whatever all the rarities are, right? They're not expensive yet. You see how much damage I can do in the, you know, with comments and uncommons. So it's not that hard to play this game, especially if you can do six damage on turn one. Yeah, this game is, is child's play. Literally, it is a kid's game after all. So, play by adults, right? Hashtag. But the point is, is that yeah, it's not difficult. So no, it's not expensive. Players make it expensive. The game itself and the company that makes it, not expensive. It's all cheap. Uh, one of the selling points originally for for getting into Dragon Ball Super, and one of the ways that me and my friends was were promoted to other you know people, um, was the idea that it was, was there was cheap. Um, to get into, um, not because uh, there is a slight difference between Dragon Ball Super and Yu-Gi-Oh when it comes to their comments See, Yu-Gi-Oh definitely over the years started leaning towards putting a lot of the good cards uh, or effects right. Or at least generically good closer to, to the higher you know to the foil rate of uh, um, you know uh, um, area right section and, and they and they and they just threw like oh we'll say junk right they threw a lot of fillers that's what we used to call it fillers into the common uncommon and rare slots you know there was a time where you get a rare and it was actually really good like it was like ultra rare or secret rare or super rare whatever you call it right type of level Think about Senzu Bean started off as a uncommon, if I'm right. Topo was an uncommon from the draft box, and we see how powerful that is and how popular that is. Uh, objection. I think that was a common, if I'm right. Uh, shit. Some of the cards I'm using now. There's some unisons that are, are common. They're really good. Like the SS4 Broly unison. That's you know a common card, and it's powerful. It's a 20k on turn two, 25 on turn three. It's a 30k on turn four. If you you know you wait and then play it, shit. Imagine once that you get a you get an ability to add markers. Once they they make adding markers more, you know, into the add that to the game, you can make him stronger and stronger. Obviously, he's really good in ramp. You know, since he's a unison, I, I definitely use him in um K, uh, ko deck because I can easily ramp um, to like eight energy by like turn four or five with the KO deck and eight energy is an extra let's see two four six eight four 40k so it makes him a 50k right I think I said it right one two three yeah 50k you can make him 50k on with eight energy Think about that. that's stronger than an than an than an ultimate, and you can have four of them in your deck. And it's black. It's generic black. It's not specified black or anything. So you can splash in any deck that can ramp. So plus, it's just good as a late game card. Good early game. Play one copy early game, take advantage of it, and then play one late game. You know to help you finish out. You know finish out the game. You can literally play something that's really strong, like making it 40k late game and swinging with it and then comboing you know your super combos and whatnot to finish your point off is obviously a good um, strategy and it's generic that's the thing it's generic so you can splash in any deck you don't have to meet too many requirements other than just play it for a lot of energy I'm, I'm, I'm been promoting that card for a while you know telling people in my profile like this card is good but no one else is talking about it. none of these actual content creators are talking about it about how good this card is and how it should be a staple but whatever and it, but it's because it's not shiny that's why because if it was an SDR everybody be promoting the shit out of it but because of the common no one cares even though it's <laughs> its power level is beyond uh, some uh, secret rare's power level but anyway moving on originality in the game right too many people are trying to stifle the idea of originality something me and my friends have been noticing is that especially in this community i've seen it the most like yugioh community started doing that after the past couple of years the whole idea of like the sheep mentality right everybody being the same everybody playing the same the whole net decking thing started going out of control um most of us have been trying to get people off the idea of net decking. It's like, to a certain degree, it's like if you, you know, we're not against net decking. What we're against is, you know, we're not against copying a deck. We're against the mentality people have for that. And and the worst and the worst thing is, is to teach a new player net decking. That's the worst thing. Net decking ruins the game for new players because they think that's how you're supposed to play the game. That you're supposed to go on the internet and copy a deck. Instead of watching a deck profile, learning from the de- from the deck profile, right, getting some ideas from it, and then build a deck either similar or just take the ideas from that deck and just build a totally different deck with like different cards that that have a similar result, right? You don't need to play a so so search, for example. You could just play any of the other Cell um, leaders, or you could play and- uh, Android 13 or something, and-, and just use some of the uh, some of the cards that. Uh, you know was there they're used in cell search and use it with android 13 instead as an example right you don't have to do something exactly like how someone else did you can do things differently like my deck profiles for example a lot of times i don't play super comps. doesn't mean you can't put them in you know for when you play it but i just don't play it that's see that's that's the difference So it's like you don't have to play my builds exactly the way i build them you can change the deck if you want do you know do whatever you want I definitely encourage it you know if you if you have some ideas to to improve upon the deck's capabilities you know I could have came up with a really cool you know combo strategy made a nice you know pretty simple um to use build but maybe you figured out a way to make the deck faster make it do what I wanted it to do faster like I just gave you a basic version of the deck like you know just like all right here's the deck strategy here's some basic know generic cards you can use to play the game and there you go i didn't optimize it to be the fastest deck in the in the the game right you know there's still room for improvement so you can always make it faster you know if you can truly you know if you if you can truly make the deck better with super combos then do it you know i mean i focus on making the deck work and do what i want it to do if the idea is to 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 play a whole bunch of 30k Skillers Battle cards and that's my goal then that's how I built the deck. I built the deck to do that. Ironically some people think that that's a bad idea. Like They don't like that idea. It's like, what? How you not impressed? I actually built a deck that can do it and it's not like it can't do it. It can't do it. And I've done gameplay showing like, look, see, it can be done, you know? But ironically, people still just want to believe what they want to believe. It's like, all right, fine. If, if you don't like the strategy, fine. Then, your own strategy fine do something else like why, why are you complaining about the ideas like the idea works it's a good idea right because it's cool and it works even if you don't like the idea and think that it's like not necessary like that's just too much just to do something that you could you know probably do with less cards all right then you do you play a strategy with less cards than I'm using but don't, you know, look down upon the idea because it's an idea, just because it's different than what you're used to. It's like, okay, you play different than I play. That is fine to each their own. Not one size fits all. And the problem is, is in this game, a lot of people like to think one size fits all. A lot of people like to think that if they copy somebody else's deck, they get the same results that that person got with the deck, not realizing it's like, no, decks are like tools, right? They're, they're tools, right? They're a collection of cards that a specific player who uses the deck is used to using those specific cards. Since I don't really use super combos, that's why my decks don't have super combos. Except for the ones that do, but typically I don't have super combos. reason why is because I don't use super combos. You know? And some people don't understand it, but hey, the point is, is that we are different. So yes, I could play the game without, without super combos because they're just battle cards. And I'd rather use other battle cards than super combos. That's just the, the nature of the game. <sighs> like Champagne Supreme Kai. Those are better better cards f- for me. And they work for me. So I prefer. So I'm going to use what works for me. You use what works for you. Because, you know, different strokes for different folks, as they say. And that's the whole point of a deck. Is that the deck works for you if it works for you. If you're a control player, it does not make sense for you to play aggro. If you're an aggro player, it does not make sense for you to play uh, control. You know, if 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 you if you only understand the game at the most basic level, it does not make sense for you to you know go net deck a combo deck. It's like, but you barely understand you know you know uh, card interactions and the rules of the game, and you you barely you you just started learning the game, and already you think you can just jump into being a combo player is like nah. You got yeah. You, you got you still got to finish learning the basics, before you get to that level. You know. So that's the kind of stuff that I see is like people, and not just that you know people are trying to be the same is that there's the idea of promoting the same. That's why it's like a lot of, uh, you know, I'll say content creators, you know, "quote unquote" pro or you know um, or Top level players, whatever term they like to use, you know, tend to promote certain ideas, certain strategies. They'll literally be the ones they'll say this like, "Oh, yellow is the best color right now. All the other colors are weak." Blah blah blah. It's like mm, that's that's a lie. Um, I, especially one of the things that always annoys me was was for a while people saying blue was a Was one of the weakest colors because it wasn't defensive enough, and I'm like, wait, what? But that's blue's identity is defense. Blue is all about defense. It has tons of blockers. It has tons of negates. It's all about defense. It has effects to bounce things off the off the board, and a lot of times it's doing your points right. And then it has a whole bunch of counterplays. You got you got the baby uh, deck. That's all. That's that's control. That's blue control. Just like in magic, blue is control, right? You know, you defend through bounce spells and counter spells. So it's like funny to 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 hear the idea that blue is a weak color because it's not defensive enough. But it's like it is defensive. Then there was somebody who said that uh, blue doesn't have a lot of uh, barrier hate, like a lot of you know uh, ignoring barrier effects. I'm like, who, who, who? It sounds like y'all don't even play these these colors it's like y'all don't even understand the game how do you not know that blue has a lot of a- ignoring barrier effects like that's the kind of stuff I literally see and these are and, the, and, the, and this comes from people who have a bigger audience than me right who you know play competitively right but then they're saying shit that is like wait but that's wrong they're saying blue is not defensive but it is defensive. It's it's the defensive color. What's next? Red is not aggro, but red is the aggro color. Like, think about how that's not making sense, right? It's like saying green is not the hand control, you know, uh, uh, color. It's like what what? But that's what it is. It's the hand control color. <laughs> what? You know that kind of that kind. It's like saying black is not the graveyard or the drop area color. It's like, but it is the and it's not only that, it's also the generic color of the game at the current moment. So it's like, it's just so weird to hear people always, especially people in, in certain positions, to be saying that something isn't what it really is. Right? And I definitely experienced that bullshit a lot. Like, people say my decks are terrible, but they never tried it. They never even watch the full video. They just look at screenshots and then think they know everything. It's like... You don't even know, you know, what, what the why the cards are in the deck, why, what the deck's about. You haven't even tried it, yet you're already judging it. That's weird. Just like when people do set reviews, they'll look through a set and they'll look through a certain archetype and they'll be like, Oh, okay, this don't look good. Then later on, be like, Oh, actually it is good. I tried it. You're supposed to try it first before you start having opinions. Like... You're literally judging something based off of just looking at it, which means you're just being opinionated, which means you don't know what the F you're talking about. And that's a problem when you have people that talk as if they know something, but then in reality they don't. And then later on you find out, oh, well, this person didn't know what they were talking about because they have nothing to back it up, right? They don't have no actual experience to back it up. Now I have many, uh over 20 years of card game experience because I've been playing, you know, all different types of card game like Yu Gi Oh Magic and Pokemon and Car Fight Vanguard, Buddy Fight, so forth and so forth, right? And you know, I tried Naruto, right? I try I try different card games. I like to play card games, it's my thing. So I build a lot of decks. You know, obviously. I gotta build a deck for every game I play, right? I gotta gotta build something. Right? And yeah, I, you know, I played Digimon, build some deck profiles for them. Uh, so you get the point is is like and a lot of the the, the the experience and knowledge I have from one card game, I can transfer it over to another card game, especially if there's a lot of similarities. For example, Dragon Ball Super is a mixture of um, Magic, of course, right, and um, Duel Masters. Duel Masters, of course, was a combination of Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. It took stuff from Yu-Gi-Oh, took, you know, stuff from Magic and put it together. Interesting. enough, Force of Will. Essentially, it's just magic. But the difference is, you don't have the lands in your deck. The lands are separate. They call them Magic Stones. So that's that's one thing I like about uh, Force of Will is that it's like magic, but the lands are not in the deck. They're outside the deck, which is good because one, you're guaranteed to always have lands, which means you always have, you're always guaranteed, essentially, you always have, uh, always guaranteed you have energy to play your play, you know, play your cards. So you can never get mana screwed, as they say in Magic. Where you don't have, you know, all the lands that you need to play your your deck. See, Dragon, the um, f- uh, drag, uh, Duel Masters, and Dragon Ball Super. What they did was, all your cards are lands, right? All your cards can't be used to play your other cards. So you charge, a, you know, a card, right? And now you can play that card. Some other games don't have the, you know, that the energy or the mana system or the eco, or the economic system resource system uh, whatever you want to call it because you know they want you to u- fill your deck up with a whole bunch of cards you can use and just use them right like Yu-Gi-Oh for example um, but interesting enough the ones that you know the games that require a lot more uh decision making tend to be the ones where um you have to pay for stuff because it's it because you know you either tap out to play something, like a battle, like a creature battle card to attack with, or you keep your energy up or lands or whatever, right? To play defense. So you either choose between offense or defense. Unlike most other games where you don't have to pay, you can have both like, all right, let me set my face down trap for defense, summon my monsters so I can attack. Now I have offense and defense for free, right? That makes it simpler. It's easier for kids to play that game because right? you don't have to pay for anything you don't, have to, you don't have to think between you know attacking or defending you could do both right but in this game just like magic and dual masters and whatnot and force of will you gotta pay so you gotta know so you can't just buy everything right <laughs> you can't you know unless you have a lot of mana or energy right to buy everything then you, you have to choose between you know playing a counter play or playing a battle card or saving your energy for a negate attack or play a battle card or unison, right? So decision making. Um, but again back to the the originality, you know the you know you you, you never want to be in a position where you where your deck is predictable, right? You want to be unpredictable. You, 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 you have more power from your opponent not knowing what your deck does than when they know what your deck does. Because when they know what your deck does, you actually have more vulnerability. Your deck is a lot weaker. They have a better chance of beating your deck because they know what's in your deck. But if they don't know what's in your deck, you have a better chance of beating them. I've had scenarios where uh, people were expecting me to um, use super combos against them, for example. And they were and, and and they were and they were and they were playing with the idea that I had super combos and until they you know it's too late and they realized like wait a minute where are your super combos I'm like oh I don't play super combos and then just left the game right after the game was over right which means the whole time they were expecting super combos while we were playing but I don't have any therefore they were playing a, you know in their mind they were playing the game differently than I was I was playing without super combos in their mind they thought I was playing with super combos and that gave me an advantage more powerful than me actually using super combos right it's not playing super combos and my opponent thinking I have super combos and then they end up epically be failing because I don't therefore that gave me an an advantage that's, that way outweigh, outweighs actually having super combos as an example just like for example uh, an, a better example because some people might not understand that example, and they'll be like, oh, that don't make no sense. Okay, how about this? My opponent plays in a way, like they only play one battle card, and only wanna, wanna keep one battle card on the field, or let's say my opponent tries to um, save some of their draw effects because they're afraid that I'm going to drop Android 17 Turning tide, or I'm gonna play something that board wipes, right? Those two types of scenarios. My opponent is assuming I'm going to do one of those two things. Get rid of their hand or get rid of the board. And then they play based off of that idea that I had that. I played against somebody who thought I had Android 17 turn and tide in my deck. And the way they were playing was with that in mind. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't have that in the deck. And they were surprised, like, wait, what? Why don't you? Because I'm not. And then I played. And then I played the card that I actually was playing. My 10 drop, Gogeta. So I say, Blue Gogeta frenzied burst, and I made my opponent lose four life. <laughs> right, so I beat him with that. So it was just funny that they were expecting me to turn into the Tides them, but I instead Gogeta them. Gogeta burn for four, and one right there and then. And that's the thing is like, okay, you were playing with the idea that I was gonna play turning the tide, so you were trying to prepare for turning the tide, but instead I played something that wasn't turning the tide and that threw you off and that's the whole point think about how much more powerful that is for your opponent to think you were doing something or you were going to do something that you actually wasn't going to do at all that, gives you, that does give you an advantage that is known as mind games if you could do that on purpose to your opponent that's very powerful that's a very powerful skill to have is the ability to make your opponent think you have something you actually don't have and then you know take advantage of it right? have, have that advantage through that so, one of the skills I have, which is, ironically, that's something hard to do online. Like, when you're playing somebody face to face, it's easier to imply, to suggest through your body language, right, through your movements, through your, you know, through this, you know, through the way you you do things, you know, when you're playing, They can give your opponent the impression that you might have something um, that you actually don't. And that is just as powerful as actually having an actual car with an actual effect. Anyway, moving on. That's just some, you know, game theory right there for you. Um, but back to originality. Uh, I'll move on to the next topic. But just back to originality. You get more power, more power, and more wins, more W's, right? People love that through originality than through net decking. Because remember, not only do you copy that good stuff, you the, the the deck you're copying off of um, has you also copy its weakness, and sometimes the lack of that person who built it, not being not not being the person using the deck, that is that is part of the weakness. Like for example, my decks are better in my hands than they will ever be in somebody else's hands. I recently saw somebody use one of my decks, and they used it wrong, which was surprising because it's like. Most of the stuff they did wrong, is like, yeah, you shouldn't be doing it. One, logically, no one would have made that decision. No one would have deliberately charged a negate when their hands wasn't full of negates. There was t- You gave up something useful, something necessary, something you needed for what? That, that, that was weird. Um, just like I saw that person combo a battle card right use the battle card just to get a 5k boost and the card was a really good card when they had a four star ball in their hand they could have used the four star ball to get the 5k boost instead and add it back to the hand through a a goku adventure begins effect so why didn't they why did they give up a battle card to stop uh, uh, an attack when they could have used the four star ball instead that's what the four star ball is for to use as free combo because you can always get it back so it's reusable combo infinite combo as well or endless combo as I call it so that was weird right? weird for me because like that's not what I would do I would use the four star ball not the battle card to combo but that's that's the way I play clearly other people play differently. clearly other people are so used to comboing away battle cards to stop attacks that even when they have an alternative like the four star ball to, to to do the same thing that using a battle card they instinctively from their own, the way they play oh yeah let me use this battle card stop that attack when they literally have the four star ball to stop the attack instead that's the difference right some people will like to think i'm a bad player in this and that. i don't know what i'm doing talking and whatnot it's like that don't make no sense I know more about what I'm talking about than most people do. You know, I'm trying to get away from certain, uh, ju- uh, you know, certain behaviors, certain ways of playing that people are used to like super combos. Everybody's used to super combos. So when you, when I bring up the idea, like, yeah, I don't, I don't use them no more because I, I, you know, I'd rather negate an attack, block an attack, or I'll just take the attack. There's no point in trying to out combo an attack. I rather just take it or block it or negate it. Those are options. But people are like, no, nah, no, nah, I gotta have super combos. I gotta, I gotta combo and draw and combo and draw. I was like, all right, you do that. You keep playing a whole bunch of cards from your hands trying to stop one attack when your opponent still has like three more attacks um, waiting to, to come at you. Yeah, go ahead. Waste time doing that. That was pointless. Especially, you're using three cards sometimes just to stop one attack I'd rather use one card to stop one attack whether it be a blocker or a negate or again like I said just take the hit sometimes just taking the hit is better than doing anything sometimes doing nothing is the best thing you can do right don't block don't negate just take the hit sometimes doing nothing is the best thing you can do anyway moving on a a deck's main combo is what matters more than the full entire build Um, Some people, you know, complain about how my decks are built. They they don't like the ratios. Oh, too many unisons. This answer is like, all right, fine. Then change the deck. Uh, I already explained what the deck does. And the deck mainly focuses on like maybe three to four, maybe five cards at most in the deck. That's what makes the deck the deck. Those four to five, you know, specific things. Everything else is just whatever, you know, floats your boat, right? Whatever works. If you want super combos, take out some unisons and put in super combos i don't care whatever works for you right but for me i like to have um 12 unisons nine is the other uh, n- uh ratio that i go with if i'm trying to make a 50 card deck and i have an ultimate in the deck i go the nine the nine uh, unison route but 12 is the way as they say you can go 16 20 and Even all the way up to 60 uh, unisons, if you want to go that far, but not necessary. But I have done it. The point is, is that use what works for you. For me, having three unisons: um, one for early game, which is turn one, turn two; one for uh, uh, mid game, which is turn three, turn four; and one for late game, which is turn five and above. Right? So I always want to make sure I have I have unisons for those uh, three different um parts of of the game you know you know the beginning the middle and the end Uh, a lot of times yeah my my like my four or five drops um unisons tend to be like they're my finishers or i try to use them as uh, my win cons or something if that's what they're for if they're in the deck as a win con then that's what they're for right um or they can lead to a win con especially if it's if i have a win con that's like turn six turn seven type of strategy then I will have a turn five unison for example to help me try to transition to turn six turn seven Um, so you know like uh, Super Saiyan 4 Goku Earth's Earth's, uh, Protector earth you know I will use that to try to get an extra turn try to get to turn six you know I mean and then go from there and if I can get to turn seven you know even better right especially if I'm trying to drop turning the tide it'd be nice to have something that i can rely on something that's hard to negate like a unison so i go that route and that's the thing unisons are pretty awesome because since they're not battle cards they're not leader cards they're not extra cards they're a little bit more immune to a lot of stuff that's in the game so i can play them freely without asking for a response right Because not there's not that many cards or none at all that can really mess with unisons like that. But they're trying to make some stuff to do. But anyway, point is is that yeah, I use a lot of unisons and I don't mind using more because they serve the purpose. They do what they, they need to do. Typically turn one, turn two, you don't really need to combo that much. It's rare to combo or need to combo, right? Or need to be defensive turn one, turn two, uh, because most decks are not like my X's hit combo decks. Like my Gohan deck, for example, they don't typically do you six damage on turn one. Um, you know, most decks out there don't don't do that. Um, now, launch King Vegeta and King Piccolo have you know have you know they do copy my Gohan's uh, deck strategy or at least just my playstyle. That's my main playstyle is that turn you know turn one six hit or more combo strategy or aggro if you want to call it that essentially that's what it is just aggro right Uh, that's typically how i play but i do try other stuff like combo mid uh you know mid um uh, mid range or uh you know do some type of uh auto win con or mill or burn or whatever like i'm always trying different stuff uh control right obviously control so you know i'll I'll build different strategies you know different types of decks Um, hand control i forgot to mention yeah hand control is another thing right so I'll, I'll try different things because, you know, why not? Why not have, you know, different ways of playing the game? And, of course, I have ideas for different ways of playing the game. You know, hand control, board control, mill, you know, uh, uh, aggro, you know, uh, counter, you know, yeah control, you know, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I have those ideas and I share them, right, through making tech profiles no so, so that's the point is like you don't have to copy my decks card for card there's some people who point out like oh man he made this this deck expensive and I'm like the only thing really expensive in the deck is the ultimate which you don't really need it's just there cuz it's a good card if you can't afford the ultimate then play the deck without the ultimate it's not like the deck would be 49 if you take the ultimate out you know the deck would be is the decks currently 53 cards So you could take out the ultimate and and play a 52 card deck. You don't need that expensive card if it's a prompt. Put something else. Put like Heroes Lineage or something, which is cheaper. Or any other cheap uh, ultimate if you really want an ultimate in the deck. But it's not necessary. You could just not play an ultimate and you'd be good. Right? You don't need an SCR. You can play without it. That reminds me of the time some people were complaining. And they were like, damn, no SR, no SCRs, no PRs. And at first I'm like, what the hell are they saying? I didn't understand it at first. I'm like, what the hell do these acronyms mean? I was thinking they, they were like referring to to like the na- like certain cars, but they were using like the initials, like like how we will say DS for double strike, right? So I'm like, what are they? Re- what is this person referring to? I don't understand that. Or like black Man's saying is BMS, right? So they'll use acronyms like BMS and they mean Black Mass same, for example. And I'm like, I don't get it. And then I realize, oh, S C R secret rare, SR super rare, oh PR promo. Oh, that's what they're referring to. They're referring to to the rarity. I'm like, wait, what does the rarity of a card matter? What what why are they complaining about car rarities? And well <laughs> obviously when you think about it it's like, oh okay, the you know the expensive card right? The shiny cards, you know, promos and you know secret rares and strs and sprs and stuff like that it's like okay to each their own but it's like no i don't need those higher rarity cards to play the game i can play the game without them right um i do use some from time to time you know i can't afford some um i have some ultimates that i that i that i have but i don't have to play them i could always not play them right But it was just weird the idea of somebody you know thinking like wait why don't you have those you know high rarity cards in your deck is like is you don't need them it's not like the way you build a deck is that you have to have four super combos one ultimate right aka an scr uh and then a a certain ratio of rares super super rares uncommons and then and then the rest of the deck you just fill it with like a whole bunch of commons preferably foil so that way the deck looks cool like nah that's how y'all like to build decks that's 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 on you teach though I'm not against it you know I'm not saying that don't do that do whatever you want but I am saying is that's not the standard you know if you look in a rule book it doesn't say to do that it doesn't say build a, a, a minimum of of 50 you know the minimum to build a deck is 50 cards plus the leader plus super combos right four of them definitely plus an SCR plus you know uh, SR plus you know a rare plus uncommons and then these many un, you know these many commons like no there's no specific you know ratios when it comes to the uh, you know to to rarities when it comes to your deck other than you know certain keywords restrictions like ultimate super rare right but Again, optional. You don't have to play an ultimate. You don't have to play super combos. Just like you don't have to play unisons. You don't have to, have to play e- uh, extra cards or battle cards. Right now, obviously, it'd be difficult to build a deck if you choose to not play any of that. <laughs> you gotta have at least one card type in the deck: all unisons, all extra cards, all battle cards. Right can't do all units uh, all super combos obviously but that's not a card type that's just a keyword super combos or the cards that have super combos are just battle cards just so like the cards that have ultimate are battle cards <clears throat> uh, granted there's an extra card in a unit and a unit said, so you get the point but that, that's just keywords is what I'm pointing out most most ultimates are battle cards but they're just keywords right they're not card types unison extra card battle card and of course leader can't have an all leader deck obviously Um, that would be interesting but can't (laughs) Um, still waiting for them to add the ability for you to swap out your leader that'd be kind of cool i think there was a time where that was a thing people were like talking about they did this like you you can have a a different leader in your sideboard and then side side out your leader like that would have been cool um that would have been fun um yeah that would have been fun um, but then later on, I started thinking. Me and my friends, you know, come up with ideas. And one of the ideas was is to have, like, let's say Goku on the front, and then when you awaken, it's uh, Frieza or Vegeta or something like that, like a totally different character on the backside. So, like, we had ideas like that. Uh, we had ideas for launch, being a leader that you could flip back and forth. We had the idea for flipping back and forth, in, for any leader, you know, in, in as a mechanic. Period. But you know the idea like oh shit launch will definitely have that mechanic of flipping back and forth right and definitely since since set one uh, I definitely was one of the ones who was like uh, the leaders need to draw on the front I don't like the fact that I have to awaken in order to get the draw and you need the ability to draw in this game because we waste too many cards comboing charging energy your hands get small way too fast in the first, you know, first four turns of the game. That shit. In the first two turns of the game, your hand gets small so fast. You're you're gonna run out of resources, and, it's, and it makes it harder to play the game. And it's like, yeah, this game has a flaw. You need to draw in order to, you know, play the, you know, to play the game consistently because you're going to run out of cards eventually from comboing when you attack, comboing when you defend, charging in energy. That causes you to waste cards faster from your hand. You need a way to replenish your hand. And that's where drawing in the front was. I like, I'm like, yo, leaders need to draw in the front. But they started off with, oh, you have to have four less life? Awaken, then you can draw. It's like, yeah, I don't like that idea. I don't want to, have, if I'm at four life, that means I'm playing the game wrong and I'm losing. I don't want to be losing to try to get the draw effect. I need to draw so i can just play the game keep my high my life points high i'm trying to keep my life at eight i'm not trying to i'm not trying to lose life try and maintain it I'm trying to keep it so that's where the idea of like oh we need draw we need leaders to draw in the front then they eventually gave us leaders to draw in the front it's like finally They draw in the front and they do some other shit in the back. Now they make it where it's like, oh yeah, we draw in the front and the back and you get extra stuff. Not only that, you draw in the front, get extra effects. Then when you awaken, you still draw and get extra effects. like, all right, man. I I just wanted the the, the leader to at least draw in the front and the back. It could do something extra cool. You know, I didn't need you to just add drawing, uh, uh, searching, uh, playing for free, uh, a life gain. Uh, double strike, triple strike, uh, like, dual attack blocker, like, <laughs> revenge, like, I didn't need you to put all of that on the front of a leader, you know, I just, you know, make it basic, it draws, maybe one extra effect, it's awaken ability, of course, and just leave it at that, didn't have to go too much, yeah, but, you know, figures can't be choosers, as they say, right, but it was just funny how I just, like, I just wanted the, the front side to draw, and then suddenly man, I just went crazy, you know, and, and just did more than that. Not saying that uh you know i'm the reason for it or told them to to do that or anything i'm just saying that that's what i wanted the front side to draw um then we got that and then we got more than that you know beggars can't be choosing right all i wanted was the leaders to at least draw in the front i don't care what they did um you know from there um so they did whatever they wanted from there right they went to infinity and beyond uh, the meta doesn't matter. So this will be like the um, the meta doesn't matter you um, See I focus on the concept of format like if is this a hand control format or is this an aggro format or is this a control format? You know like that's what you know when it comes to play style for me format is Play style like what's up? What's the popular play style? Meta is what's the popular decks? Right? What's the popular leaders? you know the people who are building with popular colors that to me that's that's to me meta for some people it's different some people it's like to them meta is essentially format but they they, they call it meta but they some people tend to use certain words wrong they tend to redefine stuff but it's like to me meta is what's popular right the most popular decks you know most popular colors at the time so meta to me equals popular not the best not a specific place style, it's just what's popular. So if playing a specific if playing Cell Surge is popular, then that's the meta, right? That's what's popular right now. But later on, it could be a a Hercule deck or something. Then that would be the meta. That's what's popular. And you know, there could be more than one meta deck, obviously, right? That's why we have the term meta deck now. Format deck, meta deck, right? Because it's what's popular. Something else i find found out from other card games and from years of playing is that, you know, meta decks, a lot of people like to act like meta decks are the best decks in the game, right? The strongest decks in the game. That's why they're meta decks. So people like to use the term meta deck to refer to a deck being really good and strong. When in reality, that's not what meta deck is. That's not what makes meta meta. Meta is, again, being popular. It's popular. But you know what's popular in card games, especially among the newer generation nowadays, uh, against uh, uh, and among most players, especially if you have low, low skill, like a low skill, what's easy? Think about it. New players like things to be easy. Even players that have been playing for a long time, even they want stuff to be easy. They don't want things to be hard, they want things to be easy. So what's popular is what's easy, aka what's easy to play. Therefore, meta decks are not the best decks in the game. They're the easiest decks to play in the game. The easiest to do what you want to do, you know, especially when it comes to the concept of consistency. What's the, what's the easiest way to go from point A to point B is what I'm trying to say. To go from your point of having A life to your point of having zero, what is the fastest way you can you can do that? You know, or at least what's the easiest way in the current game at that time to do that and people gravitate to certain decks like dark broly that was easy that was skillless right and skillless is a very easy and very popular uh play uh, um way of playing people like to play decks that require very little skill which means it requires them to 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 have very little skill in the game they don't have to know all the rules they don't have to be really that that good at the game you know, they don't have to know know the meta or know how every deck works. It, all they need to know is how that deck works that they're using, how to play the deck, right? The combos and the, the, the play lines, as they say, or the lines of play, and that's it. They just need to know how to play that deck, play it, and try to get Ws that way. If they lose, you know, you know why they lose is because they they didn't succeed in that basic in that basic strategy they didn't get the right hand therefore they lost because they don't know what to do with the hand other than what um... like they only know how to play certain hands they can't just play the game in general where they can just beat you in the most basic way they need specific cards in order to beat you and if they don't draw the specific cards they can't beat you and that tends to happen a lot and that's how you know somebody's like oh yeah yeah that person's not that good at the game they couldn't figure out a way to win without that deck specific little cool combo they need that combo in order to win other than that they're not gonna win that deck doesn't even have another win con another way of winning without the deck's main way of winning right if you have the um deck where if you have 16 energies you auto win right you pay 6 16 energies you win if you have nothing else in the deck other than just cards to help you ramp to try to perform that combo but you have no other way of like Dealing your opponent 8 damage and win that way or mill your opponent or burn your opponent. If you don't have those other types of ways of winning, well, then you're more likely you're going to lose before you even get to 16 energy, right? Which means if you never get to 16 energies, you're never going to win. And if your opponent is, you know, going really fast and aggro and countering stuff and trying to make it hard for you to get to 16 energies, the likelihood of you losing is higher because you only have one way of winning which is 16 energies right so that's why it's a good idea to have more than one win con in your deck more than one way of winning but that's the, that's, the, that's the mindset of a actual good player they put more than one way of winning in a deck that's why you know I'll make a deck that's like oh yeah I have this cool combo where I could play a boonie twice in a turn and go wide and swing with a whole bunch of tokens and stuff that's cool and I throw NJ17 Turn the Tide in the deck as well. Just in case. That's two win cons. The deck's main strategy is to, to spam a boonie. But I throw Android 17 turn of tide as a backup strategy. I win whichever way, whichever way the, the game goes, right? I either win because I got seven energies and drop my uh Android 17 Turn and Tide and win that way, or you know, I do the the little combo that, that that i put in the deck to do the whole little boonie uh, swarm and you know swarm with you know swing with a whole bunch of boonie tokens right after image tokens right and that's the mindset of you know a player who you know plays the game right who tries to come up with different ways to win the game because they understand the game as opposed to like uh oh, i only know how to to play this deck's uh ramp strategy and ramp to to this point and that's it and that's all I know how to do or I only know how to to play this decks ability to arrival and that's it it's like that's it so you only know how to arrival certain cards in the deck and that's it you don't have a, a win con you don't have a plan of you don't have a plan of access right? you don't have a strategy to guarantee you can win you're just hoping you can win by I'll say luck typically most people try to win by luck most people play with the idea of luck being more 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 of a thing than skills like no if you have a win con then you'll win more by the win con aka skill than through luck luck is well if you get lucky if you get lucky and you attack and your opponent can't out combo and your attack goes through and you win lucky you because the situation allowed you to win not because you actually had a a strategy to win not because you planned to win you won because lucky you your opponent couldn't out combo they didn't have enough to combo so you won so that's luck but if you you know ramp up to 16 energy and tap all 16 energy and activate your leader's ability to win well that's that's skill right because you had a strategy and everything you did every decision you made led to that outcome that's right that's skill what's not skill is you know you're like okay play an energy uh, pay five play this any response no attack any response no okay combo a couple cards from my hand any response nah man not enough to out combo that attack alright cool that's luck that there's no skill there that's luck there's no pre-planning for that or anything you just you just, you just charged an energy play the card attack with it combo a couple cards from your hand and hope that you win there, there was no plan to win you just hope that you win and then bang if you won good for you but again that's luck not a skill and most players play with the idea of skill since they play with skill, uh, with luck in mind a lot and a lot of times if they they won probably was through luck right more often than not that they got lucky and they were able to uh beat their opponent then they think that everybody plays that way that the way that the game is so hard and complicated that the only way you can win is through luck. It's like, no, the game is not that hard. It's relatively simple, straightforward. You just got to play that way. You got to play with the intention of doing one or two damage per turn. You know, the first four damage, is the easiest. The next two requires a little effort. The last two is the hardest. But if you have a strategy to do the last two damage, it ain't that hard. It ain't that hard. I've come up with, you know, with, with mm-hmm. many decks and. You know that are designed to help you with the last two damage because the first six are not the hardest. The last two is the hardest. Um, I wish it wasn't the hardest <laughs> though the, 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 the last two damage is the damage you wish was the easiest um, but no, it's the hardest, obviously, but once you get there, you know and you deal the last two damage, GG right? you're always working towards that goal. And the last thing I have to say before I get this podcast over, because I gotta go to work, do some work, um, evolving as a player. Something I noticed that sometimes people say that I don't, that I don't evolve or change or whatever. You know, that I'm that I'm always doing the same thing all the time or something. It's like, y'all really don't be watching my videos at all. I've been changing, evolving. One, I've been changing, evolving before everybody else changes and evolves. Everybody else is doing the same shit. Like, I created the so like I. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Fuck it, I created the Soul Surge deck. Now it's popping. Now people are playing it. It's like, all right, cool. Y'all, y'all like what? Seven months late. (laughs) I've been did the Soul Surge thing. Like, what? Like I've been like. I've been, you know, shit, definitely need credit for this. Super Saiyan, f- uh, Super Saiyan f- 4, Vegeta with turning the Titan and um and Tragedy Overground. I've been there, been there, been did that, but then you got somebody else take it to a tournament and, and everybody's acting like that's the only person who ever did that. Like what? No, I've been did that, but whatever, don't give me credit, I guess, but anyway. The point is, is that I'm always ahead of the game. Some people have noticed that, and some people have said that. It's like, yes, I'm glad people are realizing the truth. <laughs> like, there's a lot of lies about me out there, and not a fan of that because, you know, that's not cool to to make up stuff about me, to say that I said stuff that I never said. Um, but anyway, the thing is, is that I'm always evolving as a player. You can say I'm not evolving as a content creator. Fine. Because I'm not a content creator. I'm a vlogger. I'm a player and I share my ideas from the games that I play. That's what I do. I'm not a content creator. Content creator, you know, are people who make like, you know, ban list prediction videos or or as soon as the ban list drops, they they got to make a video about it. That's a content creator. I see a ban list, I'm like, "Okay. None of the cards that I play got banned. Cool." then I don't care. I don't make a big deal. I don't go out of my way and be like, oh, I gotta make a video about the band list. I don't need to do that. That's what content creators do. That's not what I do. Content creators are the ones trying to promote certain things like, oh shit, there's a new set that came out. Let me tell everybody that the new set is coming out. Like, all right, cool. You're, you're being useful for the ones who, who, who need that. The ones who need to know when the new sets are coming out, they'll subscribe to you, follow you, so that way you can tell them every time new cars get spoiled every time new uh, new sets are dropped new any new news about the card game you know if there's any errata you're gonna let people know about it that's cool and you know we need stuff like that but i don't do that because i'm not a content creator i'm not keeping track of every errata ban list uh, product releases and stuff like that i'm just like every other player i get my information from other from actual content creators from people who you know, as soon as you know, uh, the the official Facebook page posts new cards, you know, spoilers of cards, they immediately want to tell people about it. I notice that the the the, the 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 Facebook page posts this stuff, and I download the pictures, and I start you know theory crafting, and start making decks based off of them. That's what I do. That's why y'all get the deck profiles. Me reading these cards coming up with ideas with these cards and using them to update update older decks so if it looks like uh, I'm not evolving because I'm essentially doing the same stuff over and over again it's like uh, well I'm updating a lot of decks I I have a Hatchiak deck so of course I'm gonna keep making different versions of it I'm always gonna have different ideas for the deck I have Beaumont so I'm gonna make different versions of that. I play Gohan I play uh, Zamasu set 2 uh, I got Metal Cooler, I, I barely do much with that, but I got a Metal Cooler deck. I should uh, uh, obviously upgrade that deck some more. <clears throat> uh, I have a Black Massane deck slash Bardock deck. Um, it's, it's basically Vegex. It's basically Vegex. That's all it really is. Both decks are just basically Vegex without the Vegex leader. Um, let's see. And i just tons of cards i could and, and tons of leaders i got tons of leaders so obviously i could just build any deck i want um but the main thing is that i got some i got some specific decks that i use you know hatch uh bulma uh gohan those are like, and zamasu those are like the decks that i mainly uh work on because those are like like my main main decks um for play player fun whichever way you want to look at it but those are my main decks but then of course I just create a whole bunch of other decks Uh, Raditz is is, is another thing I like Raditz and I like the idea of Raditz hand control like aggro hand control that kind of stuff so yes I have a Raditz deck profile I'm working on so that'll be up in the near future still got got some new hatchiac ideas so I'm working on that obviously but you know saying I don't evolve is like well I don't take criticism or advice is like I do take criticism. and I do take advice when those two things are actually given to me. But what I normally get is neither one of those two things. What normally I get is is trolling or or disrespect. Like it's not criticism to t- to just say that this deck is terrible or this this deck is trash. It's like you're stating an opinion. You're not you're not giving a critique. You're not you're not, you're not giving anything helpful, right? You're implying that there's a problem with the deck, but you didn't specify what the problem was. If you're not specifying what the problem is, then how can I fix it, right? If there is a problem. If you have, because the thing is when you critique, you're supposed to present the problem that you see, and then you're supposed to give a solution if there, if you have a solution for it. And you should have a solution because it makes no sense for you to point out a problem and not have a solution, because that's useless. Then you're not critiquing. The idea of a critique is that you see a problem, and you know how to fix the problem. If you don't know how to fix the problem, then stay quiet, because you don't know you don't know shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, let the people who know what they're talking about talk, right? I know what I'm talking about, so that's why I'll speak and talk about what I what I know about. So if I say, hey, look, this deck is, you know, this leader and these cards are really good together, synergize really well, blah, 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 you know, and, and create this really cool you know, um, strategy, outcome, whatever. Then, yeah, I know a thing or two about what I'm talking about, and I have gameplays that, that illustrate and showcase that i those ideas. I've done the Shenron OTK um, strategy a couple times. I have videos of me winning with that strategy, so I already know that it works. So if I make a new deck, you know, Shenron OTK, like let's say they make a Bola uh, uh, leader, and I and I make a Bola Shenron OTK deck, all right, cool. Nothing really new there, per se, because yeah, Shenron OTK is something I've done a lot, you know? It's not really a new strategy, but it is a new leader with new cards that I can use towards that strategy. Just like I did the Videl Shenron OTK deck is because she works really good with skilllesses, right? You combo skillless battle cards, draw a card, so there's synergy there. So she's a really good leader for that strategy, for the Shenron OTK strategy. There are some other leaders that are, are much are much better. Oh, here's another. Because she's green, I have access to the uh, Doctor Jirou's Doctor uh Super Combo, which allows me to drop Skillless Battle Cards. I think four cards are less, green or yellow Skillless Battle cards, not Skillless, uh, you know, just uh, Battle Cards, like green or yellow four cross or less battle cards so i could drop the 30k um green skillless battle cards um with that uh su- super combo so there's synergy because you know she's a green leader i mean if she was yellow i would get a similar result but because she's green i can use rebrand i can use a uh, uh, Dormant potential i can use a uh, uh bigamore right i can use stuff like that i can use green good stuff that has some hand control i can use you know green unison and whatnot right that might need a green leader in order to do some extra cool stuff the point is, is her being green and having synergy with skillless allows me to better uh, allows me to do hand control with combine it with uh, the, you know the general, the skillless you know strategy of the skillless OtK I mean of the general OtK strategy that I'm able to combine it most other decks where I use Shiron OtK the the Chevron OtK strategy, does don't have hand control because usually it's it's a it's a i'm either using a strategy with a maybe a red leader blue leader or yellow leader but this is one of the few times where it was a green leader i think this probably was the first and only time i used a green leader for the Shenron otk so it makes a big deal that you know videl synergizes well with that strategy because i get the hand control plus she works with skillless battle cards um but yeah saying i don't evolve as a player or just don't evolve in general in the game is a uh, is that's a joke <laughs> that's a clear and blatant lie because that's false i'm always evolving that's the whole point i'm always improving and getting better some people think improving means doing what everybody else does being a sheep doing what everybody's already doing but what everybody's doing is stuff that i did like a year ago and they're doing it now it's like nah I'd rather do what I'm doing staying ahead of the game doing things before everybody else does it why do I want to do things when everybody else is doing it right? Then, then I'm not being myself then I'm being like everyone else and yeah I don't want to do that I'm from the generation where you're supposed to be yourself not pretend to be someone else just because you're wearing Michael Jordan sneakers does not mean you are Michael Jordan. Just because you net deck off of Jordan and Markle does not mean you are Jordan Markle. And that's the end of the podcast.